0: Well, we didn't talk that's pretty much i don't know basically i think we i think we focused on the business not ourselves i think um you know the business is the problem whereas actually we needed to look at ourselves to then you know get you know to to, to be able to put the energy back into the business if we haven't got any energy then if we haven't got the that drive that we had before then why not how can we get that back and I think probably in my mind, I thought, well, if, the, if we can get the business back working, that will make it OK. You know, it's like the, the wrong way around, actually, on reflection. <laughs> um, but I didn't know this three years ago. So we actually got some um, business mentors in, Andrew and Russ, who we worked with um, and were great. And they came with an agile mindset. I think the idea was nice, but I don't think I think we went, we went for business strategy, like analysts and support, which definitely we needed. And we've learned loads and we've got, got loads from that. Um but even at that moment, those guys were asking us um what you know a, a more basic version of what we've done with you guys is what do you want and we were hoping to get there and I think um we weren't we weren't clear and and um, we weren't clear ourselves and and we weren't clear with each other um and I think that was where um the real struggle came. we got it the wrong way around. we, we put the business first and that wasn't the right thing.
1: Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves, we took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way, For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. Will and Joel are friends from university who went into business together. They put all their enthusiasm and energy into it, and it grew. They worked hard, and they got their rewards. However, at some point, stopped working so well it went from simple to complex it went from being exciting and rewarding to just feeling like a job the spark had gone and they weren't sure why they focused their attention on trying to make the business work well again but had forgotten to also focus on their friendship in this episode of the podcast we hear about how improving the communication between founders is more important than trying to improve the business particularly if before they were founders, they were friends. Will and Joel honestly share the story of their business and their relationship as co-founders. They value their friendship more than anything else, but in creating a false harmony, they were doing more harm than good. They'd both been on a journey of learning not only about business, but also about themselves and each other. By discovering what each of them really wanted, they were able able to decide where the business needed to go and how it needed to grow. This isn't just a story of business growth, but also founder growth. Will and Joel, because of their friendship, found the courage to be truly vulnerable with each other and through that become stronger together. They reignited their passion for the business by discovering what they needed personally and then exploring how the business could meet those needs. Enjoy good morning good afternoon and good evening wherever and whenever you are this is the friday fireside uh brought to you by the happy startups so for those of you who are new to this uh this show for want of a better term i think we can call it a show now lawrence is that right
2: yeah yeah we, it it what we want
1: <laughs> <laughs> i think it's easier to call it a show um it just gives it the right well gets the feel of the energy it's a talk show or a radio show. Um, So this is our really our our intention with this is to to talk to people who are on this journey, what we consider, of basically making a, a happy business, being a happy entrepreneur. And that's really, for us, about being very intentional about the work you do. So a lot of the time in the world of work, it's about strategies and tactics and making things happen and growing and scaling. And what we believe gets forgotten is the the poor little human in the middle of it who started it and thinking what have I got myself into and maybe there's two of you and you're trying to work that out together and that's going to be part of the story today and and Will and Joel they joined us uh on a program that we started earlier this year BC before COVID uh it was a 2020 vision program it was really to help uh, entrepreneurs who are feeling like they need to make more of an impact, but they don't want to burn out. So using lots of the tools that we've used in our community about getting in touch with what's really important to you, but also using technology and startup ideas to launch ideas and become more effective and more impactful uh, with less effort. So that's uh, where we met these guys. Uh, But before we go into that, what I'd like to do is get them to introduce themselves and essentially what what the business is at the moment and what their roles are. Uh, and then we'll go into a bit more about what it means to run a business uh, as a pair of co-founders. So I will pass on to Will. Maybe you can start by um, telling us a bit more about what the company is. Sure. Um,
3: so, yeah, my name is Will.
1: Um,
3: the company, we've got two companies, um, but they're kind of very uh, heavily linked uh we do uh, inventories uh, start and end intensity inventories for the um london's property market uh, and then we also do cleaning maintenance and decorating for for the same clients as well um we've been going for about uh, ten years now um and Joel and I have been working together for the for the whole of that time um before i started the business i'd worked in in property in in london for a long time in in a variety of different roles some um, property management, some um, sales, some investment sales, uh, various different things, really. And so, you know, I kind of had this idea um, of starting the inventory company. um, And then after a couple of months, Joel came and joined me, as I'd known Joel for, I think we'd known each other even for about 15 years or 14 years by then already. So, you know, after that time, we had the conversation and, and Joel came on board.
1: Nice. Uh and maybe Joel, you pick up the story there in terms of um yeah, those early days and I also a bit about your background and, and you know what uh Will just mentioned, knowing each other for fifteen years.
0: Yeah, I know, I know, and I can't still can't get rid of him. Um yeah, so I'm Joel, I'm the director. Um and I, and I challenge Will on what he just said that we do, because I I think we uh we uh are really important in, in people moving into their new home and that's that's the role we play and we do a variety of services around that to make them have a happy start um and in terms of joining will so before i before um uh, i joined will i was working for decathlon the french sports retailer i would worked there for eight years in a variety of roles learned a lot actually they they give you a lot of responsibility and you learn very quickly um i've been working there in london for yeah, as I say, eight years and um will and i were in the pub i think surprisingly and um i think i mentioned to him that i was thinking of moving or leaving or just wanting something new um and i think he'd been six months doing it on his own uh, running the business and he just kind of said well i don't feel like i can do this on my own i think i you know, want some support and help and if you're up for it do you want to give it a go so that was pretty much it i don't well we, we did do a little bit more conversation around it, made sure that we were both going to be able to pay ourselves but other than that i think it was like well yeah let's give it a go um and let's see what we can do so that's kind of yeah part of the journey i suppose
1: and what about when you first met each other? When, when, when did you get to know each other first?
0: I can tell you exactly when I first met Will. Yeah. I, I thought this might come. So I found him outside the uh, student uh, union bar in our halls, and he was regularly known to be the first person. I think it opened at what time did it open, Will? You'll probably still remember. Six o'clock. Eight o'clock. So On, was, On the dock. Will was there at least quarter to eight, first in the queue to get in. Uh, anyway, no, I knew, I, knew, I knew of him from that. And then, yeah, we did meet in that bar. Uh, I think I was more drunk that night. I think I'd had a bit to drink. And uh, we bonded over rugby and, in particular, uh, Mike Catt, who was, uh, I don't know, some kind of weird hero of ours. Who was a of a maverick. We were maverick. We're not mavericks, but we thought that was good. So, yeah, that's kind completely- of... We thought we were then when we were younger and four. Yeah, we thought we were. We thought we were. But we've soon realised we we're not. So, yeah, so that's when we, where we met at Exeter University uh, in the first year. And then, yeah, and then from there, we've yeah been hanging out a lot.
1: Awesome,
3: um, and- I'll just add something to that as well, I think that this is an important thing is that we, Joel really, really, he, he saved me really now, that, that and it's true because I, when you move to university, I think most people who are listening to have been to university would have had the same experience, you're kind of plonked into a, into a new environment where you don't know anybody and you've got to try and find your people, find, find people that you're going to get on with for the next, for the next three years. Um, and the people who, who were on my floor, who I, who I came into contact with, they were lovely people. Um, really nice, but they weren't quite my type of people. I think one of the things that their number one priority was their studies, which, you know, <laughs> had a couple of other priorities ahead of that. Um, then I met Joel and so did he, um, and
0: my one, dad's watching this world, well, by the way. So, um... all right,
3: okay. <laughs> sorry, Mike, we did also study very hard as well, but, um, we, um, yeah, I, I think it, it was one of those funny things, you know, that, that phrase fast friends where, you know, you you meet somebody and straight away, you know, that you really like this person. You're going to you're going to get on great. Um, and so it was a real relief to me when Joel came up to me in the in the boot, in the bar. Um, and we just started talking about rugby. I think it was the first person I'd really spoken to about rugby in the time there. And it's a big passion for both of us and sports in general. And so suddenly it's like, right, there's somebody here. Who you know? He likes a beer. He likes his sport. We can get on, and and it was just such a a relief, really, to feel like right, I found somebody here who who is going to make my time at university really enjoyable. So you know, I think it was a we both of us re- remember that that the, the meeting um, really really clearly, and we both have the same memories of it. So it's quite a nice thing.
1: Nice. Um... This, uh, this, this kind of need for companionship at that early stage of starting this kind of weird, strange new journey of leaving home and essentially at least the two years of like chilling out. Yeah. <laughs> but this prospect of uh, that in, in three years' time, I've got to know what my shit is, <laughs> get something sorted because I'm going to have to go to the wild, wide world. But, but it's interesting that finding the way you put it, finding your peoples in terms of, okay, people that I can actually get on with and I want to spend some time with. Um I'm gonna forward wind a bit now to this other journey that you started together. Um and I just wanted to hear more about what that was like at the beginning because it, it felt, you know, it was not a formal kind of interview or business agreement and uh, unless I got I heard that wrong and and how it how it all started in terms of what what were you doing? How did you get together and know what who's doing what?
0: So Bill, do you wanna kick off with what you did for the first six months or how you felt around that. And, and then yeah. I, um, saved, I saved you again, essentially. So,
3: yeah, this might be a theme. Um, yeah. So, so I, I was working at, um, at Foxton's so for people who don't know who that is. It's, you know, big estate agent in, in London. Um, and so I come into contract with, with inventory companies. I was booking them every day and I just didn't think they were very good. Um, and i felt that they were missing a trick in terms of their service that they they were they wouldn't work weekends they wouldn't work early mornings and it was just inconvenient so i felt i really felt like there was something there that could be done about that and it took me a bit of a while i, took, I had two other jobs after that before i actually took the plunge and decided to to open up a business and and do it and so i did and um because i've got some some connections i've picked up a couple of uh clients um And it was going okay, but I wasn't really enjoying it. And I I felt that um, I needed some help, I think, Um, particularly with the nuts and bolts of doing the inventories and speaking to clients and all those things. I I was fine with that. It was more around the the processes and making it into an actual business that I was really struggling with, with accounts and and things like that, which isn't my forte. Um, And so, like Joel said, we, we were in we were in the pub one night, and um, we were just discussing it. That you know, he was asking how's the business going, and say, And then he was saying he you know been at the castle a long time, and he was looking for a a new role. And so I just said, well, why don't we think about working together? Um, and then I think it was a couple of days later. Joel called me and said, you know, if I've been thinking about it. Shall we? Um, should we have a chat? So then we met up and we had a proper chat about it where we just discussed because Joel didn't really know a lot about what the company was or what the, the industry was. And then he came and did a, a day or a couple of days of shadowing me to find out a bit more about what, what it was. Um and then we kind of got into, well, should we should we do it? And we, we decided we would. Um and we went into it on the basis, and I think this is important for what comes later that the friendship was the most important thing. And if after six months or even 12 months or 18 months, it wasn't working for either one of us, we had to say that um to the other person. And then it was like, right, well, we, we cut our losses and we move away and the, and the friendship's still there. So that was kind of my, those are my recollections of the kind of the very, the very, the very early days. Um And then Joel came in and sorted it all out again, I suppose it's probably. The
0: I think I think when will asked me when we when it goes discussed. I think my initial reaction internally was no, um, because we were friends. Um, I think um, yeah, my 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 dad had had an experience when I remember when I was a kid where he'd worked with a friend and it hadn't worked out. And just, you know when you remember something from your past that's quite kind of you know in, in, in tech you know it's always there. It's intangible. It's just a moment. I think I kind of carried that a bit, and I think other people probably. They would know, always say don't worry your friends or, or along that line or don't risk your friendship for it. So I think my kind of, it wasn't a no, but it was my, my initial reaction was not to run towards this offer from Will and, you know, grab it. But after a couple of days, then probably talking to Claire um, and you know, discussing it, I thought, yeah, let, let's at least, you know, give it, you know, some some thought and discussion, which is what we did. And actually, I think the agreement, Will, was, I think it was very, and I think I probably pushed for it, but it was like 12 months and in 12 months time, we can walk away with no discussion about why without having to go into the why. So, the, 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 you know, maybe that is naive. Maybe there would have had to have been a why, but it felt like, look, we'll do it for 12 months. And if either of us feel that there's a problem or an issue is not working, we can walk away without having to explain ourselves so that we can try and maintain the friendship. And I think we flew past 12 months without even looking at it. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I think it, you know, yeah, if, if we were, we, both our needs are being met, right, which is what you're going to get onto kind of later about where we struggled. And we both, you know, we Going with the flow, carefree. We're getting paid enough money, and managing our own time. You know all all the things that come with working for yourself. um It was great. It was it was really good, and we just like, right, oh, that's going to be the biggest and the best. Make it very simple, and there was not much strategy, but there was a lot of energy and passion and, and determination, and that's what we both were enjoying. And I think that's where we, we kind of worked so well together because it was just like right forwards is the way, and that's it.
1: Nice. um Interesting. The forwards in the way, and I'd like to maybe dive into that a bit more, but. I couldn't help but also, Laura, thinking about reflecting on how we started and how that how that landed for you. Were hearing about their first start, no, their first decision to work together.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think back to I, I'm actually it's one of those things you try and rewind like fifteen years. I can't remember anything that happened fifteen days ago, <laughs> but my memory is I definitely think we were more on the cautious side in terms of trying. well not that you guys haven't been friends for long but we've been friends for even longer i think since we were like uh, in primary school so i guess like you guys that's definitely a a worry that we had there was this thing of you shouldn't go into business with friends or family in this kind of voices in your head that it's a bad thing and you've got so much to lose so i seem to remember we we didn't really start a business together at the beginning we just tried out some projects together we worked on A few, we didn't call them audition projects, but looking back, that's what they were. I think to get a feel of how does it work, how does the money work, do we enjoy doing it? Is this is there something here? I don't even know if we thought of it as a potential business. It just felt right to start collaborating.
1: Yeah, that's my my recollection of it all. There was that, um, soft, uh, slowly, slowly approach. It's like okay, I can do this bit, you can do that bit. We can make a bit of money here. Why don't we just do some work together? And it was only, I think, at least two years before we fully committed to each other.
2: Before we got the keys. It, um draw a happy new home.
1: Exactly. Uh, and then that took it to another level. And there's a sort a bit more of also around the context of where we were and, and moving down to Brighton uh and and actually landing our first client together rather than I um, think the beginning was very much Lawrence on his own. He had some clients. He needed he needed some help.
2: Yeah.
1: I would come along and help him with the stuff that he couldn't do. And then at one point we thought, okay, let's let's go and pitch a client together rather than it being just uh, Lawrence finding someone and needing some help. And then I think that for me, and I remember very clearly the wedding planner website that we first did, and and landing that first client after a conversation uh, on the seafront, going, okay, wow, it's the first client. Yeah. <laughs> it feels amazing
3: right i think that that that's mm-hmm. the thing is that the the successes that you have however little they are sharing them with such a close friend mm-hmm. feels amazing um you know i think and there's definitely i've just heard hearing what you're saying there that you're probably the same as us that the the, the reticence in doing it there's a risk factor there right That you i think you said Lauren, there's, there's so much to lose when you know really good friends don't come along that often um, so you, have got a lot to lose there. And so I think that's the reticence that the that, that people probably have about going into business with, with their friends. And rightly so, I mean, there are lots of, um, stories of, of it not working out, um, but you know, that, that feeling that you get of, of being able to share those, um, those successes, some little, some big is, is an amazing feeling. So it's interesting to hear you kind of saying very similar things to, to how I felt about, about the business
0: as well. I think yeah. it, I think it's the trust as well. Like you don't have to work it, that you've got it right when you're working with someone new or you're not sure. You know, you are building up trust over time and you're you're feeding each other out. And you know, when you when you've got someone you trust implicitly already, you can move forward much more quickly. I think I think that's really important. Like I know that that's happening over there without you know having to discuss it. or you We know, you just kind of got on with it. And I think yeah, that trust element for me, where I just know that Will's doing his damnedest as well. Then then you know it's really important. Hmm.
1: I like that you touched on that because i think maybe it's a time to uh kind of introduce this question from liliana and she asks did you write down the agreement and sign it no What did it look like to try and protect your friendship while adding clarity
3: no um we probably should have done um but we didn't um you know i think we've we have always worked on that trust i think i think that that was it we we've worked on that trust and we that has come through over the last ten years that we can trust each other implicitly, um, but we didn't write anything down. We, we, the only real agreement we had was the one that Joel said, which after twelve months we can we can walk away. Um, but no, we we didn't. Maybe
0: we should have done. Eventually, we got like a very basic shareholders agreement, but that was a, that was just around. I mean, yeah, it's like almost one or two pages done by a friend who who could do it for us, but. Yeah, again, probably a bit naive, but also just getting on with it, right? You just kind of like, there, there, are more, there seem to be more important things to do to make the business work. Is- yeah,
2: there were probably lots of other very important things. <laughs>
0: but, you can as well.
2: <laughs> but it felt like, well, that, that you said that almost verbal agreement to, to basically put the friendship before anything else was at the heart of it, even if it wasn't in, on paper or in legal form.
0: Yeah, yeah. for sure.
2: Yeah, I don't even think we had a. I, I seem to remember someone told us we needed to get share. Oh, we went once we set up as a partnership agreement first, partnership agreement, shareholder uh, agreement. I'm saying
1: you're gonna have a partnership agreement.
2: <laughs> Basically, don't talk to a lawyer if you want to build a business with your friend because they'll scare you with stories of when it went yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, and it's in their interest to make it to paint the dark picture of what might happen. <laughs>
1: and I think from my perspective, like even just that partnership agreement, it didn't mean anything. No. Other than it was something that we should be doing, and uh, and that's where I I kind of on one hand it's prudent you know from a legal point of view and uh, you know we have to have a disclaimer here anything we say is not advice <laughs> of any kind of description, but my personal opinion is that sometimes there are these forms that you fill without thinking about what they mean because they're things that you should do, and actually. What would probably be more important is actually thinking about what you are trying to do, less about the legal ease. But what is it? Does this mean for you and and the person you're working with? And and come to that agreement and that sort of what does it? A bit like what you've done in you. I think both of you did intuitively in terms of right twelve months. This isn't working for us. Mm-hmm. That's the agreement, you know. And no man of paper is actually going to change that because it's all about both of your uh, sort of needs and opinions. Yeah. What what I
3: say we should have done the week that we didn't do is we should have defined our roles earlier. I think that that's probably in terms of what we were responsible for for in the business. Um, that that probably would have been helpful doing that a bit earlier than than we did. So if anybody's listening and thinking about it, I think you know if you if you do have a um, uh, a co-founder that that you're working with, I think being clear about um, who's responsible for what? Because the, the natural reaction, certainly with me and Joel, and it, it, to be fair, fair, it, it was successful. So I can't, I can't run it down too much, but um, the, the natural reaction is to everybody, to for all of you, to do a bit of bit of everything. Um, you know, because you feel like you're helping, you know, your you know your friends, and it feels like you're 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 all you're getting involved in everything, which is exciting. And but having those roles defined i think it w- w- would be useful if i was going back and starting again i probably
0: would probably would do that i think all of this is, is really hard right because you're talking about starting a business we're just two people out doing inventories every day it's like well shareholders agreement for what like there is no business to have a shareholders agreement about it's just at the moment and then as will said yeah we can define our roles but at that very early stage we're the ones going out doing the work and, and kind of the other bits around it you just kind of you know trying to do it so there isn't there isn't much to base it on. So I think probably reflecting after a year or two and then re- maybe agreeing that in, look, when we get to a certain stage, then we do need to do these things and then we need to look at these things and then we need to discuss it, You know, however that is, or every year we're going to talk about these things. That That's a good way maybe of planning it because early on, you just don't know what you know, you're doing it for the sake of it when there's nothing there to do it for. Um,
1: there's two ways we can go with this, actually. I think firstly, because I know, Lawrence, you've got a book that talks explicitly to that uh, do you want to share what that book
2: is? Oh, well, actually, the book I was going to mention was E-Myth, uh, e Revisited, which is a classic business book, which I think we read just about when we set up our first office, which was linked to roles, I think, in terms of, you know, if you look at the org chart of your organization, even if it's just one of you, <laughs> even two of you, just seeing what are the different departments and who's doing what, um, I found that really helpful to think about those roles. And also, at what point do you want to let go of some of those roles, you know, i.e. you're not doing what you're good at um but i think the other book you might have mentioned is uh rocket fuel hmm. is that the one? yeah so rocket fuel is a book um written by some coaches executive coaches in in the u.s who've worked a lot with um startup and company founders and and looked at what makes up a a good founding team and they looked at the roles and the sort of skills and i guess the needs and the abilities of people and, and often it's a two, three person team, and just looking at the different roles and and basically where we naturally sit. And I found it really helpful to see, know, they talk about visionaries and they talk about, um, I think, uh, I can't remember the other one, was it? Uh, Anyway, it's kind of operations type person, but they just talk about this spectrum. And it's well worth a read, I think, if you've founded a company with someone, just to see where you naturally sit first. And to also hear the things that people say about you, good and bad, is quite powerful on paper
0: i think i think we naturally fell into roles like i just naturally fell into roles which was good to start with and it kind of th- went into our strengths um but i couldn't think i would then you know, people say oh how's it working with your friend oh that's good because we you know will has this and we complement each other but i think actually we, we actually just got into that routine and didn't really challenge each other or or, or really talk about it because we felt that we had our natural rhythm and i think that that might have been a problem as well Is actually mm-hmm. Uh no, Joel's van is but does he even enjoy doing what he's doing, you know, just because he's good at it. So I think maybe that, that eventually became a problem as well.
1: So the two two roles of visionaries and integrators, and I wanted to m- mention that because it very much kind of parallels the initial story of mm. someone having a vision to make something happen and then someone coming in to integrate some processes and ways of doing it to, to make it more effective or efficient or less chaotic maybe um at that point of the story you talked about then moving forward you know there's this energy there's this excitement we're just going to move forward what what was that in terms of when you're saying moving forward what did that mean that's a good question um i think for, for me it was always just biggest and
3: best it was you know get more clients get more revenue get more profit um, more more employees you know it was always something that, that that I looked at um without I suppose really thinking about what the purpose of all, all that was um it just felt good to be to be growing and and getting a bigger and bigger and more, more successful business um and I think the the business grew really well in the first 5 years I'd say we 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 started off with 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 I think two clients who were who were um, reasonably sized agents in 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 London. Then we picked up Foxtons, who was obviously the biggest agent. Um, and over the course of that kind of first five years, we grew really quickly without really having to do much sales. Um, so I think you know a lot of the work that Joel did enabled us to to grow with, without doing without doing sales around around. The things about the capacity, making sure we've got enough people at the, in the right times a year, the seasonality, uh, interviewing processes, when we're bringing people in, training people, all, all that type of stuff meant, meant that we were able to maximize the um, amount of business that we were getting from the from these big clients. We were able to take a bigger share of, of what they were they were farming out. Um, I'll give a good example of this actually. That when I started the business and when it was the first six months, if somebody rang me and said, Can you do an inventory on the thirty first of November? I'd just say, Yeah, fine, no problem. Um, send me an email. And then I'd get home that that night and suddenly I'd find I've got nine inventories to do on the thirty first of, of, of um November, whatever it was. So I didn't really I didn't have any system for for controlling that. So I'd just have to go and do nine infantry somehow by hook or by crook, just try, which you can only really do four, maybe five. Um, so, you know, Joel came in and immediately kind of put in some, some processes to, to I mean, it sounds so stupid that, that I was doing that, but he came in and put the, these processes in place that meant that we weren't, that we weren't doing things like that. We were managing our, our time better. We were managing our client's expectations better um and it was all those things that kind of over those first five or six years we you know we really grew pretty quickly
0: um it was exciting i loved it how
1: about you joel what was that period of
0: yeah i think for me i enjoyed problem solving and putting these things in place you know and using things that i'd learned and particularly in in the Catherine where i spent eight years but i would learned a lot there um and i think that that was that was the enjoyable thing for me and because we were growing and expanding and things that you know we're constantly having to adapt and change, and, and and you know react rather than plan too much. If we're honest, you know you're reacting to what's going on. So for me, that was that was you know the exciting bit about going forward and moving forward, where there were there were these things uh, to tackle and challenges to, that we were facing. That um, yeah, you know, we would we would find solutions for and procedures and you know all that kind of stuff. So that that was the exciting thing for me. Um, although of course you know seeing the business grow and seeing the end result and the financial. Um, results was really exciting as well. And it made it made validated you, right? You know, we're working hard, we're putting this in, we're trying that. Oh, the money's coming as well. Everything's good. Everything feels great. So those first years were you know really good, like a you know a roller coaster roller coaster, but it doesn't come down. It just kind of keeps going up and up and up and up. So it's great.
3: another significant factor as well is we didn't have we didn't have kids then either. <laughs> and as you know, everybody knows life changes when when you when you get kids, your priorities change, your your outlook on things things change. You probably perhaps when they're young and they're not sleeping very well, you, you don't have as much energy, so those first years before the kids came along, um I think there was you know a ton of energy from from both of us um, to you know really make this thing thing work and um, yeah, and then you know obviously the kids kids come along and and, and you change your perspectives a little bit. Mm. Did you did you
1: guys um did you guys start before before you had kids or after kids? We well know we were definitely um actually we started the business gosh because it formally 2008. We were um the, the Spook Studio the company, but we were working together since like 2000 and well unofficially 2004, 2006 I think we were really kicking into a partnership. So we were a good couple of years before kids came on the radar. But um, it's quite interesting, even when you mentioned that. My daughter was born the year we started the Happy Startup School. And right. I can remember um, my wife saying, What are you doing? <laughs> Blame Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <Blame> Lawrence. Exactly. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, no, the, the, like you said, there is a bit of a shift. Um, I'm. So one I mean, in terms of that story that pre kids there was this I, f- I kind of got the feeling of like you're riding the wave of success. It was like we do this, it works. We do something else, it's even working more, and it's just like this growing, exciting, expansive space. Like wow, this is great. Uh, and what I heard is like there's lots of energy, uh, lots of capacity to put more energy in. And it felt like, yeah, you you were you were getting getting lots of positive feedback by the stuff that you were doing, and that felt felt successful.
0: Yeah, it it didn't feel easy. It felt like if you put in hard work, you got results. Which, as we all know, if I put if I like to be validated by the hard work I do, I see that and I'm learning that that's not way to validate myself. Um, But so I think that was it. We were putting in really hard work, and and it didn't feel easy. But you felt like, yes, this is we're doing really well.
1: You were getting a reward for the effort. Mm, yeah. And so th- that's interesting. Was there a point then where the reward didn't seem worth the effort at some point? Or <laughs> you felt like you're putting a bit too more energy than you'd want to? Was there a tipping point? Let's put it that yeah, way. The real,
0: point, the real point of this conversation now, is that right? Um, I think from 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 my point of view, um, I think we'll all have his, his views on this, but as we, as we grew, we got bigger, you had to put procedures in place and things became much less agile and, and exciting and being quite heavy to change to change things. And Will and I obviously had to put levels of staff in below us as well. So we kind of moved away from the, the day-to-day running and, and the kind of energy of that, and even away from the clients to a certain extent. So I think that wasn't necessarily a tipping point, but on reflection, that, that was maybe the start when it didn't feel so, so easy or so exciting um, for me um and you know we, we were trying to do things or change things it took a long time or the impact wasn't so quick and we, i think we started defending what we had like looking after what we had in terms of business rather than you know being exciting and moving forward in any way we were just kind of like right, trying to take stock and i think um that's maybe where we lost a bit of energy and a bit of connection um just just when things became a bit tricky and then as with all businesses you know you go on the s curve and and, and uh, the the results weren't so good. And once the results weren't so good, but also the connection wasn't so good because of uh, the business being a bit heavier and a bit less agile. Then, yeah, I think that was for me when, um, yeah, it started to become more of a challenge. Um, yeah, and I, I had less en- energy for it. But I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't pinpoint that at the time. I certainly didn't go, you know, what? I can see what's happening. I can see it's just a slow. Like actually looking back now, I had I feel like I had a bit less energy there and a bit less. Um, drive because I think yeah it wasn't going so well so, and, and things I was trying weren't working out so suddenly you know there's a failure there, I suppose right yeah, there's a well, feeling of failure and, and I'm not doing a good job etc so maybe that's when it kind of started for me I couldn't pinpoint when that was probably four years ago four or five years ago probably when it started like that I don't know what Will's reflections are on that. It's
3: the same really it's definitely a gradual thing I think that, that as, as the business grows it, get, it, it becomes more process heavy. And, and um, it's kind of like that thing of like, when when the business is small, you press a button and then something happens and you can predict that if you press that button, that thing's gonna happen. But as it gets bigger, you press that button then something else happens. And it's like suddenly you got to press five buttons and get them in the right order for the thing. Do you know what I mean? It gets more complicated to be able to to run the business and, and for for, for, for the actions you take to have the impacts that you want them to have. So, so that that then be, becomes for me. Who I'm, I'm not a detail person. Um, I'm, I'm, I like things to be as simple as they possibly can be. And the bigger a business gets, the more complicated it gets. So, I think from from my perspective, where it started to get less enjoyable for me is it, I stopped being an entre- entrepreneur and I started having a job. Um, it felt like I was going in five days a week to my job. Um, and my job was a lot of admin, um, a lot of checking things, you know, a lot of kind of operational stuff, which I don't, I don't really enjoy. And when I don't enjoy them, I don't do them properly, which I'm sure was big frustration for Joel, um, and maybe other people in the company as well. Um, so I think that, that was, like I said, over a course of of a long time that happens. Um, when we first met, Carlos, you made you gave a great metaphor of the monster in the corner or something like that. Can you remember it? Eating the beast in the corner. Yeah, that's it. So, so just just tell us that again because it, it's kind of relevant to how I think it's starting to feel.
1: Uh, this is a bit kind of like the crossroads for us, Lawrence, wasn't it? It's like there was a point where uh, running an agency, which is people-intensive, you know, you only to scale the business means scaling the people um it meant our roles needed to change and and the the focus of our attention needed to change and the the way i would describe my experience of it, it it goes from the focus being the work and the creativity to the focus being that beast in the corner that you always have to keep feeding because it needs more food in order to stay alive and that beast are the rents that your staff have to pay the office building that you're in the all the different costs that just to keep yourself above water, and that's, and uh, yeah, and um, yeah, to have that beast always on the corner every time you're like sat there trying to do creative work, it just it drained myself in terms of energy. And, and, and the, what what does the
3: beast do when you feed it more? Of course, it grows. <laughs> I, I, th- I thought it was that the that the more it grows, the more it poos, and the more you've got to shovel up the poo.
1: <laughs> but, you remember my metaphors better than i do that's
3: how, that's how i remembered it and it, it struck a chord with me because that's kind of how, how how it felt that the bigger it get the harder it got um and um yeah it just felt like it, it wasn't playing to my strengths um and just spending a lot of time the the, the majority of my time doing things that that i wasn't really enjoying so much and joel's absolutely right that when the business is performing well you suck that up but when the business doesn't perform so well and we, we i think we, we had a a period where we, we started not doing so well for a variety of reasons and we grew too quickly so we took on staff who weren't good enough or even if they were good enough perhaps we didn't train them well enough um, but certainly the service that we we're giving to our clients dropped which you know there's a delayed lag on that. And it means over the course of time, you start losing business. Then there were some, you know, macro factors as well. that you know, um, the Brexit vote didn't help things. And, um, so there were certain things where, where the business started coming down. And also you remember I said in the first five years, we didn't really have to do any sales. It got to a point where if we want wanted to get any bigger, we did have to do sales and we, weren't being particularly successful in that so we weren't we were struggling to to bring on um new clients and and onboard them and 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 make them into the kind of the size of clients that we that we'd had before and then we also did this thing where we we started up um a decorating department which you know we we ran that for three years and and it didn't do well at all um probably cost us quite a bit of money if we if we look back on it and i I personally took that as a real um a real failure. I felt it really weighed heavy on, on me personally. It was the first time we'd done anything that hadn't succeeded, um, so I found that quite difficult to to deal with emotionally. So I think there was there was quite a lot of factors um, about it that that just started to make the whole fit thing feel like more effort than it was worth.
2: Hmm.
1: So where I f- see the journey going now it's getting to this point where it's harder to predict how to grow or you know you don't know which button to push anymore there's no simple push this button and it will work and then what that meant in terms of how it felt before there was this real clear validation that you push that button you get a buzz you push it again you get another buzz and at some point you start pushing the button and that buzz didn't get back anymore and it became a much more complicated, or I would say even a complex situation, because it was hard to predict. And and like Joel was saying at the beginning, it's like, we work hard, we get rewarded. It then got to a point where was, we're working hard, and we're, we're not getting rewarded anymore, or not as much as I'd like. And then trying to work out what's the solution, how do we do this, you know, start a little new business or push harder here or or try a bit more agile, be a bit more agile and not being clear about what is going to be successful. That's kind of compl- a complex situation because you can't necessarily know what's going to work. And in times like that, when it's hard to know and it's quite scary and it's uncertain and, 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 and like I'm hearing, is like, then you start blaming yourself for some of the things that don't work. It feels like the most important thing is to stay at least connected and clear about what each other is going through so that you can at least communicate about what could be the next steps. And so maybe is there talking a bit more about what how that was affecting your relationship as friends and co-founders?
0: Well, we didn't talk. That's pretty much, I don't know, basically, I I think we focused on the business, not ourselves. I think, um, you know, the business is the problem, whereas actually we needed to look at ourselves to then, you know, get you know to, to to be able to put the energy back into the business. If we haven't got any energy, then if we haven't got the that drive that we had before, then why not? How can we get that back? And I think probably in my mind, I thought, well, if, the, if we can get the business back working, that will make it okay. You know, it's like the, the wrong way around, actually, on reflection. <laughs> um, but I didn't know this three years ago. So I think... Um, yeah we didn't we weren't communicating we were there was i think will can talk more about this maybe false harmony um not not and again let, let's be clear just you know actually three or four years four years ago we had our best year financially so the business wasn't in dire straits or anything we were still working well we were still turning up but we we're probably bringing 80 percent of our energy not 100 percent, and that was the difference it was still going well and we still made some progress i wouldn't make it sound like a doomsday situation here where we were on the edge or anything but we actually got some um business mentors in andrew and russ who we worked with um and were great and they came with an agile mindset i, I remember specifically I was, when i was thinking about what we we're going to talk about today that on the very first day it was about making that orbit diagram and one of the things was what do you want individually um and i put down to kind of you know five years time to step slightly away from the business i knew that much i didn't quite know why i hadn't delved into why maybe working two days a week and then right, well, if that's part of the orbit diagram, then what are the things that need to happen? And they were helping us with that. But I think at that point, Will said similar to me in terms of that. That was what he wanted. But I think that was the first real thing where there was real false harmony there So I don't actually think Will wanted that. I think the idea was nice, but I don't think that – and Will can correct me if I'm wrong in a moment. But um, I think we went we went for business strategy, like analysts and support, which definitely we needed, and we've learned loads, and we've got, got loads from that. Um, but even at that moment, those guys were asking us, um what you know a, a more basic version of what we've done with you guys is what do you want and we were help to get there and i think um we weren't we weren't clear and, and um, we weren't clear ourselves and and we weren't clear with each other um and i think that was where um the real struggle came we got it the wrong way around we, we put the business first and that wasn't the right thing
3: yeah definitely um yeah you're absolutely right i think the he Think first thing you said there is, is, is so true is that we were talking to each other all day every day. We sat sat next to each other at work or opposite each other and we'd talk all day. Um, we'd have long meetings about you know whatever issues we'd got, whether the finance team or you know the operations team or how or this we've had this complaint or what we're gonna do about it. And so operationally we were talking about stuff all day, every day. Um so the communication on, on that side of things, we we were still working really hard together and we were still quite tight as a team to try and solve the problems that were coming up on a daily basis. We were still collaborating there, trusting each other and working well to try and get through that. But this is this this thing of false harmony, which is I think the the biggest point to come out of this is that false harmony is where you think a situation is harmonious because you're not shouting at each other so you think if you can avoid shouting at each other and saying you always do this you always do that why haven't you done that you think right we're harmonious but it's a false harmony because you're not actually expressing to the other person um any concerns that you've got that might be might be valid you know it's not about moaning it's not about but it's about communicating in in a clear way which allows you to both understand where where you're going towards towards that common goal which we, you know, I think. Well, I said it's in a meeting we had before that that Joel and I are both cooperative people. I think um, we both enjoy collaborating with with others, and we're quite empathetic towards what other people want. And so I think we we kind of got into this situation where for for ten years we were building this business, trying to be. Um, mindful of what the other person wanted and build a business that worked for both of us. And what we ended up with was a business that worked for neither of us. And I think that that's the key point to to all of this is that through, through that false harmony, through that thing, that you're going, you, you're, you, you think you're doing the right thing. You know, you, and, and it's because you tell yourself this narrative of this is what, this is what Joel wants. And you haven't even asked him, you know, so you think, well, this is what Joel wants. So we're going to do this um and then you know you end up with something it's like well it's you know it doesn't work it's not what i want it's not what joel's want it's a, it's a weird thing in the middle that doesn't suit either of us um and so i think that's that's kind of where where we got to because joel rightly said we, we just never spoke about that i think we both felt it for a while i reckon at least a couple of years maybe even more um joel when did we start with it with, with russell andrew when we did that orbit diagram that's got to be three years ago is it
0: okay yeah maybe two two and a half something like that. definitely
3: so what it was there then for sure so it might have been there before that um of this feeling that we should have had a conversation a, a cards on the table a, a conversation we should have had that and we and, and we would have been able to move on but we didn't um so you know your, your question about the communication is the the, the answer is like joel said we, we we just didn't not properly anyway
0: just on that i think that we, if we'd have that conversation then we would have done it wrong because I think it would have been about what each other weren't doing or were doing. Yeah. Was making was actually you know, what we needed to talk about is how we were feeling, and and that was that was actually the thing that eventually we did get to three years later um, talking about feelings. But I think it, the reason we didn't have it then was because we wouldn't. Yeah, you know, it was too challenging a situation, and also it. We hadn't even started to look deeper as into what is this really meaning here. Rather that, at that point for me, it's probably like well, Will's not done that, or he's not putting enough energy in here, or I'm picking up that and and, and Will you know that that probably would have been what it would have been about an operational structural business conversation still which might you know again would have been the wrong way to go about it but maybe we would have got through that you know eventually
1: there's a story around business where it's this kind of complex machine that you just need to build in the right way and, and and fix bits in the right way and and it'll work um and i think from my perspective it's just missing out. And this is something I've learned from the people that we've met along the journey of the happy star school, who else, um, the, the people in there and the human aspect of this. And yeah, we will get Joel to cry in a bit, Eleanor. She just posted a message waiting tears. Um, and, and, and there's, so the, the, the first thing is like, well, both of you are highly competent and probably change, you know, make things work. There was something that was stopping you. And you talked about communication. Uh, And you mentioned that you could have had these conversations earlier, but maybe had them in the wrong way. Is that what was stopping it? And it feels like there was a fear of something there.
3: Yeah, definitely. But from from my perspective, there's a definite fear of losing Joel as a friend if I had that conversation, definitely. Um, You know, because I thought the only way to be able to have the conversation, like Joel has just said, would be you keep doing this. And you know why are you doing that? Were you doing this all the time, like in an accusatory or judgmental way? That was the only way. That's how I've lived my whole life. You know, I, I don't I either keep things in, or when they do eventually come out, it's in it's in this accusatory or judgmental kind kind of way. Um, funnily enough, it hasn't been very successful. But um, <laughs> uh, fortunately, um, Joel was able to eventually tackle that conversation in such a way that it wasn't like that at all. So we were able to, I'll ask Joel to talk through what he did in a minute, but we were able to kind of navigate through the hardest bit and then start looking about how we we can move forward. So, Joel, you want to
0: just take that up on on kind of how you introduced it? Yeah, I think that, again, I don't quite know how I got there. I mean, there there are a few other things smaller things in between but something had happened i can't remember what it was came home I was a bit pissed off and I, and I said to claire my wife i need to speak about this tomorrow and um we talked it through um and it, it was blatantly obvious that that wasn't the issue the thing that had happened was not the issue i was feeling so i didn't necessarily know what the issue was at that point i didn't know this false harmony the story we've got now is very nice on reflection etc but I definitely didn't have all of that piece together in my head but I just knew that I was feeling um certain things and at that point I think um with when when we were hitting challenges my my reaction over the last probably 2 years has been to walk towards every problem in the business and try and sort it out myself and give more of me more of my time more of my energy um to resolve it um and we'll continue you know how impacted him in the moment and, and things like that and we weren't talking about why so as i was doing that taking on more trying to help w- what i perceived as will's area of the business the more sales side and try and do things in that area i was getting more frustrated and, and also again reflecting on you know the business wasn't doing great at the time and feeling it my fault because i was taking on more and not being successful again um and i felt yeah, you know, kind of alone and unsupported i think and I don't know i can't remember how i got to that with claire that night but then i said to will a message Will, and said can we just have a catch-up i lied about something else and i said the budget or something like that i said can we meet in a car because <laughs> he was out and said meet me um and have a coffee and i think i just started the conversation about how i felt i didn't even talk about why i just said i've i feel really lonely i think i probably cried eleanor so you'd be happy about me i definitely cried um and you so- weren't sleeping is it you, is it you i think you just laid the cards on the table didn't you i'm not
3: sleeping i feel really lonely I need some help um yeah and it, it was it was very powerful um because as soon as he said it i knew exactly what he meant I mean, if i actually know what i said actually when he said it to me i said to him you need more help from me
0: yeah you finished.
3: That, that, that was the first thing i said because i knew what he meant and he was right um and he he hadn't said you're not doing this he just said I feel I'm not sleeping. I feel really stressed, um, and as I said, oh, you need more help from me. And then we then we got in, in, into the into the conversation about it. And this is where we kind of talk about the false narratives. Is that I'd been telling myself that Joel enjoyed that, that he wanted the control, for want of a better word, he wanted to be getting involved in the different areas and, and, and having his impact on it. And that uh, that's what he wanted his role to, in the business to be. And it made me feel like my role was shrinking and getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I was having less and less impact. So I told myself this story that that's what he wanted. And obviously it was bullshit. It was, it was, it was so damaging that I told myself this story for so long. And Joel's story that he was telling himself was that I didn't care anymore. Which again, it's it's like when when you when you start to actually unpick it and you talk about it and you understand the reality, neither of those things. What I was telling myself about Joel and what Joel was telling himself about me, neither of those things could be could be further from the truth. It's just a tale of of, of poor communication. That if we'd had this conversation, that is difficult, but Joel did find this way of doing it. If we'd had that conversation three years earlier, you know, would have been it would have been great, but we didn't. So we had this conversation. Um, and um, you know, I think it certainly felt like a weight off my shoulders immediately. Um, I think it did, did with Joel. We were able to be just really honest with, with, with each other. Um and, and just it, it but in a non-judgmental and not accusatory way. That's that was the key to it, I think, isn't it? This is this is why I'm so thankful to Joel for doing it and and coming up with this way and and, and being able to have that emotional intelligence to tackling it in this way because if he'd come to me and said look you're not doing this it's not it's not on i would immediately thought well what about you're not doing this why do you and and it would have been an argument it would have been a confrontation it would have made things worse um so i think just being able to have that conversation in that way um just made made all the difference and then from there we were able to start talking about, okay, well, if it's not working for you, how do we make it work for you? Um, and we were able to kind of move on from that.
1: Nice. So quite a quick question before we go to the next step is you, there's an instinct for you, Joel, to do that. Rather than wade right. in and start accusing uh, Will of not pulling his weight. you actually felt, no, I'm going to have to do it this way. I'm going to have to say where I'm coming from. Was that just something in you, the way you are, or was it something that I don't know? Had you read something? Had you, you know, what was it that allowed you to be that vulnerable?
0: I think. Well, I think I, because Will and I both known that there was something not quite right for a while. I think, I've, well, I've been doing not a lot of research or learning, but um, I've certainly been. Well, as an individual trying to grow personally and, and look around you know, learn around you know, listening to Brené Brown like right? all the basic things that people do you know when you, when you when you're just starting out but kind of that kind of thing around vulnerability and, and so I was certainly aware of it it wasn't at the forefront of my mind and I think talking through with, with Claire my wife she's incredibly emotionally intelligent and uh, much more than me and um feel guided by that and and having that conversation was was yeah with her it was actually she, she teased it out of me by talking to somebody else actually that's what happened i talked to somebody else about it um and and, and let it out slowly and we discussed it and, and talked about feelings around it and, and that's how it kind of came out and had i not had that conversation had i just and i nearly didn't i remember standing in the kitchen and i kind of you know one of those things is like mm, just go to bed now bury this and not, not deal with it or maybe i'll deal with it in a different way um so yeah, I just yeah, I just spat it out. Oh, I need to speak to Will tomorrow about something. He did something that bothered me. And then, and then it just came out. And once we talked it through, it was clear that the conversation was to, about us as individuals. I don't know. It just, just, yeah. So I wouldn't, yeah. Claire, basically, I suppose. Yeah, there you go.
1: <laughs> I'll also say there's a test, you know, going back to what we said at the beginning about this idea of going into business with friends and what's essentially what's the benefits Friends with benefits. Um, (laughs) This is a testament to your friendship. I think not only in the way that you approached it, uh, Joel, but also the way Will reacted. Again, it it was rather than "Oh my God, don't lay these problems on me." Like, how can I help? And then it feels like the next step was to how to skillfully navigate. Now that there was this awareness, right? That's the problem. The solution is something. Well, you needed to find a solution in a different way. and what I think I was, I was just curious about then, how did you come across us? And what it, was it that drifted, you know, that the, you felt that this might be of help by joining something like a 2020 vision program, which was about making effortless impact and building digital products? <laughs> <laughs> and turned into, yeah, something that you thought you two could maybe join us on
0: i don't think we'd have the conversation when we first signed up that'd be real i think it kind of came almost simultaneously but i think the idea or the discussion around i can't i can't remember the exact time it wasn't uh we've got this problem let's this solution i think we started talking about it a little bit before we actually got to the main bit but i mean obviously i know you three Claire, who works worked with you guys and um i've got fed some of your marketing about this uh this thing is this is your sales pitch now by the way don't <laughs> really nice. shut up now um be closing <laughs> um <laughs> and and it was about clarity actually i think mean, that's the thing your your course was all about clarity and i know we didn't fit the mold but i i just felt that it sounded interesting and that we weren't quite sure where we were or what the big issue was yet and i actually sent it to will and said look at this what do you think and he immediately said yeah that looks great i was like okay that, that you know again something that didn't necessarily fit but i think we were searching for answers um and and what you guys were doing and how you were approaching things I don't we definitely didn't know the what exactly what the problem was I think when we started talking to you guys, but it just felt like we needed something yeah to expand and and be pushed maybe be challenged and pushed in a in a way where other people would help us do that I think that um yeah yeah it was, we needed help we needed support and in a different way and and yeah I think that I was ready to be yeah uh, you know completely <laughs> Um, opened up and challenged and looked, looked deeper inside which I think your, your course talked about looking around the, the the yourself first and then the business building your business around that and I think that's what attracted me to it was the and I think when we started working with you guys on the course it was that first bit of forget the business forget that forget what forget everything now let's just look at you as individuals and then we'll come back to that later and I think that's that's what drew me to it in the first place I don't know about will
1: yeah well I
3: think you the thing I'll pick up on there which is absolutely right is that, that conversation that we had in, in, the, in the cafe when Joel summoned me to the cafe, <laughs> um, the, the conversation that we, that we had there, essentially the conversation was just us agreeing that there was a problem. Uh, it wasn't us agreeing on what the problem was. It was just us agreeing there's an issue here. And then from that, from that point forward, it was, right, well, we need to find out what the problem is. And then when, when we find out what it is, then we can try and solve it so i think we we were like right well we need to start thinking about this in a bit more in a bit more depth um and we need to start really thinking about what we want as as individuals now because you know again this false harmony thing we probably both had um said we wanted things over the years that we didn't really um so it's about right let's get into what we actually want to get out of this. And I think when, when we, when we looked at, at your course and some of the, the modules that were on there, um, it was particularly the stuff around the your, the personal needs, which is I've never done anything like that in my life before. I, I don't think Joel had had either. Um, and so we looked at that and it was like, this looks really, really helpful. Um, obviously you guys, you know, had great recommendation. From you guys from from claire who you guys obviously worked with before um so we're like well let, let's let's give it a go and see if and see if this moves us forward and it did i've got my um little happy startup notebook here uh which you guys sent us through at the start um and you know it it was an amazing thing actually to to go through that looking into what fires you up you know, what makes you feel great about getting out of bed in the morning? What makes you really want to go out and attack the day? And what makes you want to just pull the covers over your head and go back to sleep? And its it, I think most people never in their life even consider that. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, we're moving into a world now where people do think about these things a bit more. But um, I could easily have gone through my whole life without without ever considering that. So I think go, going into this course and, and looking at those things were amazing. It was absolutely eye-opening. Um, finding out things about yourself that you didn't really know. Um, and then being able to discuss it with your best friend in a way that you, you, you know, you can both try and um, find out what's going to work for you. Just perfect, really.
1: Mm. Um, I think hopefully this is, for anyone listening to this, this is kind of, going to the crux of this idea of going into business with someone um at the in the end if you're gonna whatever tactics or strategies you need to execute if there's no communication if there's no trust if there's no seeing the other person i understand the way i see is so then you're not going to execute properly because you're going to be doing the wrong things for the wrong outcome um and so the, it feels like you you both you've been both open which is i think the other thing that, that I think it's a testament to both of you being open to trying something different, open to exploring something that people, a lot of people would run away from. And also making it your own. I think that's, that seemed to be an interesting part of what I've seen in your journey. Like we've got this this process, this journey that we take people on, but you've taken those bits and applied it to your business and and your relationship and the way you want to work. And I, I think what I'm trying to get to is like one of the exercises we have is writing a love letter to your customer. And so uh you had an interesting take on, or we had an interesting take on that, and but you, you embraced it, and maybe right. we'll
2: share a bit more about that. I think we've got Vix to thank for that, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Vix's no idea. Vix was yeah. in uh, Will's group. <laughs> He's,
0: He's uh, I will tell the
3: story because it was he, seems, he seems to have. Uh, Sorry, my um, <laughs> I, I forgot my charger i was about to run out so uh, i plugged in that um i told you i'm not one for details
1: um what what was the um was uh, yeah no, it was vix who, who kind of like kind of proposed the pivot from writing a love letter to your customer yeah that was
3: amazing so uh, there's part of the course for people listening who, who, who aren't aware we have a weekly um, catch-up call where we talk through what we were working on and, and just get some ideas, both from, um, uh, well, my group was Carlos and uh, you know, also the other people on the group. And, um, yeah, so Vix suggested instead of doing this love letter to the clients, which we, we've subsequently done that exercise and it's amazing, but instead, she said instead of doing it, why don't you and Joel write a love letter to each other? And it was... You know, a great idea. And we did it. And it was it was such a reading the letter. And writing the letter, actually, were were such joyful times. Just taking the opportunity to look back through the last 22 or three years, whatever it's been. Think about all the fun times, you know, what you think is great about that other person um, and just writing it down and, and, and sending it over was great. And then reading it as well, you know, all, all the things to, you know, to, to find out what somebody, you know, really thinks about you and really likes about you, is it, it's a lovely thing. So, you know, that, that, I think from the minute that that happened and we read those, things changed again, I think. The, the, things just went up another level after that um and it's a it's i think you mentioned this yesterday when we were talking carlos it's a really strange thing to think that when you've known somebody for 23 24 years that even after all of that time you can find a way of communicating that takes you up a level mm. it's like you, how is that possible that the that, that we're that we're so that we communicate so badly that after 25 years of knowing somebody, you can find something else and another way of ta- taking it up. So um, that was just a, a very, very powerful thing that we, that we did for me personally, I absolutely loved it. So still, I mean, you yeah, know, read the, the letter
0: every so often and now. Um, so yeah, it was great. I think the letter was, because we'd done the course just to be, the course we did with you we'd done individually haven't we and then we come back together you'd agreed to help us do the course individually come back together and discuss it and i think we did that and we progressed individually we then shared what we were doing with you guys and helped us navigate then i think certainly will felt at the start well okay that's great we've got our needs but they don't match so how on earth do you then come back to make it match for the business and there were some challenges around that and then you helped us get there and then there was a okay well there's still tricky bits to navigate here as you know a step step forward like a little step back and a step forward step forward so it wasn't just a smooth oh that's it we've done it right the feelings we know each other's feelings and needs that's great off we go and i think what it came back to when we were working with you guys was friendship had to remain at the center of anything that we were going to do and that had to be protected that was that was i think carlos you said right that's you know, that's what i'm hearing here is friendship comes first and then from that you know we'll work we'll work the rest out around it and it was you know, we we started talking about different ways of, of dealing with um, what we were going to do going forward. And actually, it was then when Vix mentioned that to Will, of, right, that that letter was what centred the friendship. And then I think Will came back and said, I was talking about um, taking a step back from the business a bit more in terms of time. And, you know, me, he said, you can, you know, let, you know, let's not talk about money. You can have the time no matter what. I'm like, well, no, of course we can, you know, it has to be fair that way as well. But again, it just changed our mindset around our discussions. And, and that's what we would that's what we needed, that's what we wanted. We just couldn't work out how to do it. And that letter just centered the friendship, bang in the middle. There it is. That's the thing that matters. And actually, if you go back to all of this journey, the whole thing we've been talking about, going to business with your friend, friendship was part of the issue because we, we did false family, but friendship was the only thing that that resolved it as well. Yeah. And that you know, that there was that was the only you know, and if you want to just sign off there, Carlos, that's a perfect ending. Um, but that that but that really was, you know, actually having that friendship, centering that that. That was the only way through this um, for us, anyway. Um, and That was the thing that kind of yeah brought it all back full circle, and, and has now given us huge energy and drive um, to. And re, you know, we're reinvigorated with the business, and we're putting all of our learnings back into the business as well. And it feels yeah hugely exciting. I haven't felt this excited for a long time.
3: It was it was quite difficult, wasn't it, that process job when when we when we were going through that 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 kind of three or four months period of trying to work out what we both wanted and how and how we could get that in a way that worked for both of us and retain retain the friendship mm-hmm. so it, it it was difficult um and you know we, we had to communicate well and openly and, and the facilitation from from um know yeah, you guys carlos and lawrence was, was unbelievably helpful um but i think because we had that thing of right, right the number one priority is trying to find a solution and ensuring we stay friends and keep working at it you know there were days when you think god oh, we, we, we're just not going to do this um and then you'd come back to it and you try again try again you're like right we're onto to something here and, you know a few more weeks go past right you know getting better and, and, and it just it happened over the course of, of a long time it was difficult um, but because we had that trust that we've you know that we've developed over the years and because we had found this you know better way of communicating, um we were able to we were able to get through that and come up with a a solution that that is energized both of us gives us both what we need, both what we want um, and just made us feel you know that both of us the best we felt about the business and probably life for
0: years. I think just one small point on that. It's because we were able to say things that were difficult in those commun- in when we're communicating. So I think at one point I said to you, Will, we have to acknowledge that maybe one of us doesn't, if one of us leaves the business. Yeah. And being able to put that out there and saying that, and being scared of that and saying we're scared of that, and but maybe that is an option if, if it means that our needs are met for both parties, that, that the ability to have that conversation without it bringing any tension in or any stressed in the situation was, was really important to moving moving forward mm. so i think again it's just yeah you're right there's the, a the clarity of communication and the vulnerability and the ability to that is really important
1: that's awesome guys i think mean, what that that gives me is, is a lovely balance of possibility of what you can do when you kind of dig deep and uh, put friends and family at the center of what you're doing um but also giving that pragmatic aspect to it. It's like isn't this isn't a silver bullet. It isn't like you just read a manual and suddenly you're kind of super connected with your co founder. There's there's some work to be done and some honesty that that's needed. Um uh, before we go, Lawrence, did you have any other thoughts or reflections from, from this you know lovely story that we're hearing from, from Joel?
2: No, just it's been a privilege really. I think can't believe it's only ten months since we met you guys and started working together. Um I think. I think, um, well, it's kind of brought back memories of our own journey, certainly transitioning to starting the happy startup school and the challenges of that. And like you said, trying to navigate kids and business and friendship. And yeah, knowing that you're not alone in that journey is nice. I found it really powerful to see these guys open up. You know, that's been really rewarding to see. It's just that relationship that's always been there. Just like you said, taking it on another level and that not to be at the cost of their own at the cost of the business um might just be worth finalizing or finishing with like what what the business looks like for you both going forward in terms of yeah how you've got to this point and what that looks like individually and collectively because we're still you're not done yet obviously you're never done with this stuff (laughs) no you
0: go first will
3: no you go first (laughs) (laughs)
0: um Oh, sorry Lawrence just what do you want to know <laughs> well, I guess it's like
2: what what the res- resolution was because you know you got to this point yeah. you're tired, but like what that actually looks like for you both individually and, and maybe for the business as well
0: yeah so I think when you when you go back to the working out your needs that was inside and outside of work which I think was important Some of you, you know you, what what drives you when you're actually at work what do you get energy from etc hell yes hell no list etc then also outside what do you want uh, for your family and for your life and I think that Um. It came, you know, for me. My mine was all around. My large part of the drivers was around um, equality and having you know, balance outside of work, particularly for Claire to have her opportunity to do her thing. And so that's the reason I wanted to uh, free up more time so that I could then uh, be more involved with family and have family time, etc. As well, but I wanted that balance. Whereas 50 and pretty much everything we do. Um, and so that that was my, my one of my big drivers. There are other things, but that was the main one. So. Um, moving forward i've been able to reduce my time in the business as of last week to two days a week but i'm still fully committed in fact probably more committed than i have been for the last three years but um and yeah so that 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 was what uh where, where it sits for me and then in terms of responsibilities actually it's redefined where we probably were six years ago that i work much more internally with the team on staff fulfillment and those areas something that i feel really passionately about i'm not saying will doesn't but it fits um, where, where uh, my needs and what I want to achieve, and the type of business I want to have. And now we're working with you guys, also, kind of on the vision and the purpose again, and bringing these these ideas and these thoughts and our own um, um, feelings about what we want the business to be back into it. So I think that's really opened up um, the next stage of the journey. But as you say, Lawrence, there's a lot still to be done, and this for Will and I, this is a, we're calling it a six month trial and an experiment as well, just to see again not trying to you know say this is how it is and this is what it has to be to keep that communication open to keep that um ability to say right how's it for you what's going what's not so good what's that you know how's it working i think that again one thing that you asked us to do which we 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 haven't finalized yet was didn't ask us to was suggested was that have a um just a four bullet points or five bullet points of of between me and will and i almost another agreement this is what we do this is what naturally We're working with Andrew and Russ, our other, uh, some other mentors. You know, they use the phrase, you're formidable when you do this. So I'm calling it the formidable list. And that's the thing that, you know, when we check in with each other on feelings, when we, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that having that there, almost like as a mini, mini guide for Will and I, so that we never slip back to where we were before. It's very easy saying that it's there, but actually having it uh, is really important for us moving forward. So, yeah, that's kind of how I see the future of the business and where we are at the moment and individually. You
2: will.
3: Um, yeah. So, I mean, my my, um, my motivations and my needs are more around the business. Um, so for, for me personally to feel happy, um, I really need to feel like I'm um, progressing forward through my life. And a lot of that, I feel very attached. I attach a lot of that to the business. I mean, I might go and see a psychologist and they tell me that that's very unhealthy. But um, for the moment, that's ha- how I feel that um i get a lot of my own self-validation through how the business performs and um feeling like you know i i own and run a business that that is successful that does the right thing um that oper- operates in a way that i'm very proud of um i've got a lot of energy to do that and and i don't feel like i want to step away I, i'm i'm more than happy to put a lot of my time into that um so you know for me it's it's more about kind of pushing on on with the company and really seeing where we can where we can take it and just to make something incredible. Um, and the the other great thing that I think has come from this is that um, that feeling that I am able to help Joel live the life he really wants to live and that I know Joel said it to me as well that he is able to help and support me. In the life I really want to live. And that's an amazing thing. Mm. Um, to feel like we we've we've come up with a solution where the business is getting the best of us, our families are getting the best of us, um, and that we are just hopefully going to be able to live this life that we that we really want to live. Um, so like Joel said, there's a there's a long way still to go on it, yeah. Um, you know, we we, we still have to. Um, do a lot of work, and we have to make sure that it, that it works, but you know I think the, we, we feel you know a million times better. I can see Chris, one of you know our associate operations directors on the call and he's just said that um, the change has been inspiring and the energy that's been brought to work has been infectious, and that's an amazing thing to hear mm. uh, that that's what we that's what what we want to have that impact on on other people and to create a business like that. And to be able to have what we want in our private lives is it feels like it's the golden ticket. So, you know, we just have to keep working hard to make sure it is.
2: Chris is now getting a pay rise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris nearly made me cry then. was so that was <laughs> that
2: moment No, Will, Will, that was that was epic. That um gave me goosebumps here in that. <laughs> in that. Cool.
1: Now, I think this is you know, why we love working with you and we love working with you now, is that it just aligns with this idea. I think there's a phrase that um, I've been hearing recently, the business of business is business. I think where we're having here, the business of business is life. It's like, you guys are creating this business because you all want to have the best lives you can, and whatever that means to each other. So I'm super privileged. Yeah. Now, Lawrence is to to be part of this journey and to I think the other aspect for us from mine and Lawrence's perspective I believe is like at least we know there's other people out there who think like this (laughs) that's that's anything that's the purpose of this this show this what we talk about here particularly this um, episode is that if you're out there thinking you're lost that oh my god I just need to get an org chart together my business would be brilliant I think hopefully this will open your eyes up to another way of looking at, okay, how, what is my energy like? What is, it I really want from this? How is this serving me? And it's okay because other people are trying this out as well. Um, mm. And you're, you'll be in good company.
2: And also for me, one I think realization, we did chat with you yesterday. I've found is that you, these things can coexist at the same time. You know, you can have maybe different views on what you want and the business still um, benefit from that. Like you said, well, so, I see Joel more on the people side, and the you know getting a buzz from that, and Will from the growth and the expansion of the business, and those things. Yeah, basically helping the business, not not pulling them in different directions. Mm-hmm. Fine.
1: That's great. No, well, thank you very much. I think the what what I hopefully one of the things that this is going to communicate to people here is that um, you know we're always trying to find answers to how to make our businesses successful or work better or more effective. And I think the only way you can find the good answers is to ask the good questions. And what I think you guys have been doing is like you've been exploring, what is the real question we're answering? You know, I think, Will, you says, I mean, finding out what is the problem? What is the thing that we're trying to tackle? What's the things that we need to be aware of in order to get the right solution so that you get to this place where you actually clear about what needs to be done? So.
3: I'd just say it's not just asking the good questions it's answering them honestly yeah. as well because you can ask the good question but and but if the person you're asking it to or you yourself don't actually answer it honestly and authentically to how you feel then it's it's useless so you know you have to you know the biggest piece of advice that i've that i would give and that i've learned from this is that false harmony is an absolute killer if you do not say Tell the truth if you do not, if you're not honest about what motivates you and, and what you want, um, in a non judgment, it doesn't have to be judgmental or accusatory, but if you're not, then you're dead.
1: Hmm. Nice. Any last words, Joel?
0: No. <laughs> no, no, I just think actually, reflecting on working with you guys has been amazing, and thank you. And you know, immediately we felt connection with you guys. I think working with you guys, you know, knowing that you're in a similar situation, have been through similar things as well, it gave us confidence to explore things with with, with you that um, we might not have otherwise found from from somebody else. So, you know, it's been amazing. I think as Will said, you know, we've got lots to do still. And just reflecting on what Will just said, then even yesterday in our meeting with you guys, Will didn't want to say something because he thought it might make me feel a certain way. And he did say it. So even now, that just shows how there's so much still to do and you've got to keep working on it. have got to keep reminding yourself. And, uh, yeah, no, it's been amazing. And I look forward to the next uh, 10 years. <laughs> cool. Well, well, thanks,
1: everyone, for sticking with us. Um, any last words?
0: No, just, uh, I just think they win the
2: prize for the longest fireside. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <And>
0: anyway, <laughs> Eleanor, you were too good. <laughs> yeah, well, we
2: played on late enough for Eleanor to come and heckle us.
1: <laughs> yeah. well thank you everyone sorry if we didn't uh, weren't able to answer all of your questions directly but i'm hoping that there's something there that you can take away and, and is of use so uh have a great weekend thank you both Thanks, everyone. Us. and um good yeah advice. next week thank you very
0: take much. Care. Thank you guys bye, bye.
1: Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?